Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thanks, Gene. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another captivating episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. We're all about amplifying the vibrant sounds of the Badger State. I'm your host, Zach Fell, and today we're diving deep into the world of music with a remarkable individual who's not only a seasoned multi-instrumentalist, but also an accomplished recording engineer. Join us as we sit down with the incredible, talented Paul Mitch, hailing from southern Wisconsin. With a diverse musical background and a passion for creating meaningful art, Paul's journey through music is sure to inspire and captivate. Be ready to explore his insights, experiences, and the powerful melodies that have shaped his musical odyssey. So let's get right into the conversation with Paul Mitch. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Paul Mitch. In his bio, it says he's a multi-instrumentalist and recording engineer located in southern Wisconsin. He is in the Madison area. He goes on saying he's a seasoned veteran of both the studio and stage, cutting his teeth as a freelance engineer and performer in Chicago and throughout the Midwest. In addition to his solo work, Paul is half of the Midwest folk Americana group Lost Lakes with fellow songwriter Corey Matthew Hart. Paul's latest album, Echoes and Shadows, has been dubbed a well-worn contemplative piece of Americana with lyrics that paint a narrative tied to turbulence, and that was out of the publication Tone Madison. So welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast, Paul. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Great to have you. So let's get right into introducing you to the listeners. How did you get started in music? I got started in music um, with kind of just instruments that were around my house. My my folks had a piano in the house, um, and that was sort of the first the first thing that I started to kind of tinker with. Uh, I was a self-taught piano player and then started doing lessons and then moved into the sort of the, the music instruction side of things where I learned brass instruments and the like, as well as uh, learning a guitar my mom had in the basement. So I've always kind of had these two parallel tracks where one was sort of a, a formal music track and I have a music degree in a brass instrument from the University of Wisconsin. And then on the other side of it, I've had this kind of rock and folk music and recording track um, where I play bass and guitar and keys and drums and kind of whatever whatever I need to and whatever comes across. So Cool. So you, you kind of find yourself a little bit of a jack of all trades kind of thing. Um, basically, for the studio, you can you know help the musicians who come in and work with you on basically almost any instrument that you feel comfortable with. And also, when you're up on stage performing, uh, what's your main instruments when you're there? Um, I'll do guitar or bass on stage most of the time. Okay. And and singing. Yeah. Okay, and singing as well. Great. Yeah. Um, because I was listening to your album, which I mentioned in the intro, which is called echoes and shadows why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a detailed summary of how that whole project started from writing the music to recording it to release sure so that record i'd I'd kind of always wanted to put out a solo album i put out records with a bunch of groups over the years um but always kind of playing somebody else's um somebody else's sort of musical partner um or with a group of, of some variety and this one was very much just a, a personal piece. And I was I was writing music and um, working on the songs kind of when the pandemic hit. And that was kind of a, a lot of a lot of folks I think can find that familiar. Um, and 
at the beginning or at the end of uh, 2021, I was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. And uh, that was kind of my impetus to make sure that I got the record out. I had, uh, I had recorded most of the bass tracks myself and um, had planned on taking care of all of the instruments on the record myself. And then as I got sort of into that and the diagnosis came around, it was kind of becoming apparent that I wasn't going to be able to do everything that I wanted to on the record. Um, so one of the ways that I got through the disease was by finishing and mixing the record myself. Um, and uh, I kind of had a, a, a partner in the record. I call him my co-producer on the album, Hayward Williams out of Milwaukee. I think you've talked with him before, maybe. Um, Possibly. Yeah. So he was kind of my, my co-producer and I would record things and send them over to Hayward as kind of, you know, what do you think of this? We did a, one of the things I was having trouble with as a solo artist and producer and recording engineer was figuring out what my voice was. Cause from, from one song to the next, it felt like they could be these different bands or these different sort of final products, but I wanted it very much to be an, a record that sounded like me from, from top to bottom. So Hayward's suggestion was to record acoustic demos of everything um, from basically the same place uh, in the same seat with the same instrument and just kind of um, distill every song into that. And those became the scratch tracks that we laid everything else down onto. Um, and then I played the guitars and farmed out keyboards and um, well, organ and drums. And then I played the basses and other guitars and kind of, um, mixed and engineered from there. Um, and then we'd send things back and forth. We never actually had a face-to-face -face meeting throughout the whole process between the two of us, just kind of sent things back and forth and texted when we needed to. Um, and then, uh, once the recording was done, I sent it down to, uh, to get mastered in Nashville by a guy I've used a couple of times. Um, they're called uh, True East Mastering, Alex McCullough down in Nashville. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of the the nutshell of the the beginning to end of that record. Very cool. Thanks for, for sharing that. Now, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine, but just wanted to kind of go back a little bit. And you you said to get through your disease, um, are you saying that you are, you've been in remission now? Yeah, I've been in remission probably about nine months now. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So has that affected your mindset musically? Yeah, it really has. I, you know, I wrote all the lyrics to the record um, before my diagnosis. And then as I was kind of going through the, the process of the treatment and the subsequent healing, the songs have really taken on a different meaning um, for me. And I really felt kind of through the, through the release process of this record, the kind of went along with the healing process for me. And it's kind of changed the way that I look at music and what it can do for you, um, both as a musician and as a listener. It's, it's really going through something like that changes the way you look at everything in your life. Yeah, I would, I would believe. I mean, I've, I don't know personally, but that would make definitely a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, um, unless you want to add on to that, I was going to say, do you want to put a few songs on the podcast for listeners to hear and then maybe talk a little bit about them or just allow them to make up their own thoughts about the song themselves. Sure. Um, 
I guess I would probably start with uh, the title track, uh, which is number three on the record, Echoes and Shadows. That song for me was very much a, a journey about five years ago, I quit drinking and kind of tried to tried to stabilize some things in my life, um, kind of starting from that base. And this song was very much a dealing with that transition and that journey, but it can it can be applied to so many different things for folks that uh, that kind of need to be dealing with some sort of conflict in their lives that it affects it affects you totally differently than it would the next person. But it's kind of how I work through that process and that kind of feeling then as I went through the, the disease with the whole record became really sort of the, the baseline for the whole album was a, was a journey through this conflict for me. Um, and the song kind of then took on that greater meaning um, from you know, being less situational for me.
reaching for a hand to hold And when I die, lay me down below A tree by the water where we used to go Feel the river running through my veins The blood I've spilled isn't washed away Have you played this song out live yet? Yeah, I have. What has been like the reaction of you performing the song? I've done my shows that I've done um, since the release of this have been solo shows. So taking the song to its most basic, most stripped back forms. And the reception has been really nice. Um, it's funny kind of going from being part of a part of a duo and part of a group to getting up on stage and doing it um, entirely myself is is definitely a different gear but the the songs have been well received and um and it's been a just a really nice reception to the record in general that uh that publication that wrote a, a review wrote one of the reviews of the record tone madison actually named the record one of their top 20 records of area musicians for 2022 nice yeah and it was a like you see stuff like that popping up on social media and you're like, Oh yeah, maybe my record will be part of that. And you don't really ever expect that it's right, it's going right. to get included with something like that. It's just a really nice sort of nod to what I had tried to put together. Yeah. Would there be another, like a song or two that you'd also like to add to the podcast for people to listen to? Sure. Um, I would say the other one that I put forth is uh, called driving through, which is number 10 on the album okay um that one fits definitely more into um a dustier sort of americana uh almost country-ish vibe um and that's another journey song i actually wrote this song i did a um i did a songwriting competition um back probably 10 plus years ago now uh with a local radio station in madison like kind of music as sports, sort of their little take on a American Idol as it goes. But one of the challenges was that we had to take three words, um, pick them out of a hat, and then incorporate those words into a song and then write the song around that. So I had picked out three words for this song, and I honestly can't even tell you specifically what they were anymore. But uh, this song just kind of came through that it's one of the one of the fastest songs i've ever written and it's a, probably the longest song on the record too okay um but i'll, I'll let the listeners kind of determine what they sort of feel the song is about it, it definitely is a character who 
tends to get in his own way better than anybody else ever can.
what I'd like to do now is kind of see your view about the local scene. What do you see as positives and struggles? And if you have any, not solutions, but maybe ideas on how those uh, struggles can not be as struggling, I guess. Sure. I think one of the things that's challenging for any community of artists is trying to figure out a a venue and an audience for yourself and for your music. Um, venues that are smaller come and go and get eaten up and the the Live Nation and the FPC situation as they as they are, Madison specifically has a couple of really large venues, you know, the 3000 seaters and those companies have then purchased the smaller venues that are your um, like High Noon Saloon and um, and the, uh, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? The Majestic. Yeah. So those those two spaces are owned by larger production companies and they'll bring their touring acts through and it's harder to get on those stages than it used to be. Um, and then your smaller sort of coffee house venues kind of got eaten up by the pandemic. Yeah. Recently in Madison, we've had another small one open, which has been really nice. And it's a really nice room to see music in. It's called the Burr Oak over on the east side. And um, one of my favorite places to play was on Monroe Street. It was called Crescendo Coffee. And they have recently closed that establishment. They're, they're still doing coffee in a couple of different places, which is great. But the sort of listening room, the 30 to 50 seater, is a hard one um, to try and find. And the house show scene that a lot of folks live on that sort of tour the tour the country with their guitar um, as just a singer songwriter, those are great, but they're really exclusive and hard to sort of find, you know? Yeah. So I think I think I would boil the challenge down to try and figuring out what your what your stage can be and how to um, how to make that jump from playing in your bedroom and recording yourself or playing in your basement with your friend to try and figure out where you're going to go and what you're going to do with it. Gotcha. Positives of the live scene. What are you, what have you experienced? The live music scene has been kind of coming back and it's nice to see people at shows again. I agree. Um, one of the things that I've always admired about like if you've ever traveled through Europe or, I mean, even just looking at um, where folks play and how they, how they make a go on a European tour of small venues, folks go out to see music and they don't care who's on the bill and they'll pay 10 bucks and hang out for the night and, you know, find some new music. Now it's, it's tough here because folks want to go see the person they know or the band that they came to see and don't really necessarily care about who's on the bill alongside of that. And I've seen, as we've been coming out of the pandemic, folks come and stick around and talk to the artists and try and, you know, buy merch and help those artists in a way that they know that the artists need because it's been a struggle the last couple of years. And that's felt really nice to see. I I agree. It, it When I was out, you know, playing back in, you know, 20 years ago, it's just, it seemed like such a struggle because we were an original you know, 99% original music and the, just finding a stage that was not a festival was very hard to do. But I think now after the pandemic or maybe 
right when the pandemic started happening, before that, it was opening up more to more original music in the area. Yeah, for sure. I I think that um, the bar scene with a cover band, and, and I'm not, I can't speak to the rest of the towns throughout Wisconsin as much, um, but things like things like Mile of Music happening up in Appleton um, has been really nice because that is a strictly um, original festival, uh, which which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Eau Claire has been doing some really cool things also um, with different performance venues and, and original music. And I think Madison's doing well, too. I haven't been over to Milwaukee in that same regard, but. Right. Okay. Let's kind of switch a little bit here. We've talked about your solo project. We've talked about the live scene. We kind of talked about you being a recording engineer. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Kind of let the people know that, you know, what you do as a recording engineer slash um, producer, kind of that kind of stuff to get an idea of what you're about. Sure. Um, I think that my my personal favorite thing to do is mix. I love mixing records and I, um, when I go out in the community, that's sort of the thing that I, that I talk to people about first, um, and foremost is kind of what I can do for them in that sort of light. Cause you don't have to be in the same place as somebody else, uh, in order to mix a project. Uh, I've had some friends in Milwaukee, some friends down in Nashville, some friends out West that I can do, uh, projects and and we can work on transition transferring all this stuff over the internet to each other and have phone conversations about it where i can sit in my studio on my time put something together send it over copy you know notes take care of all of that stuff and then send them new versions of it and kind of go back and forth so that kind of kind of don't have to have that all day long all weekend long mixing session where you're sitting you know in the room with the engineer you can listen to the song in your environment and you can determine what you want changed and you can have that sort of back and forth, which I love doing. Um, In addition to that, if an artist is open to it, I can add parts. I can work on arrangements with them. Um, I can ask if it's okay. If I, you know, put down a counter melody line or background vocal tracks for, um, for a song and a lot of times artists are totally open to that. And if they like it, they'll take it. If they don't, you know, no sweat, no problem. Right. Cool. Um, and I, I, I love doing that stuff. So uh, that's that's kind of the primary function. I'll, I'll go and record a group. I don't have my own uh, studio that's large enough to have a band in it anymore. Um, but every place, the way things go now, every place can be kind of a studio. You just got to bring it to it. And I have most of the gear to be able to do that. Trying to mash up the time is always an issue, but yeah. And how long have you been doing that? Um, I would say I've been doing that the better part of 15 years, maybe closer to 20, actually. Woof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I went down to the recording workshop back in the summer of 02 and opened up my own like basement studio with a two inch 16 track and a, you know, 28 channel console and, pro tools at that time and you know it was fun but then you get a little burnt out and you got to take a break but yeah it's it's so much creativity with you know especially if you get the right people in the studio for sure yeah absolutely i i love making a record in a studio like that and if 
if you've never had a chance to to create an analog record, I would totally I would totally sign up for that because it makes you think about your music and your performance in such a different way than yeah. like let's just let's just go let's do this one line 12 times and we'll take the best one. And that's an entirely different it's not wrong. It's no. just an entirely different way of making a record. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I don't want to take, you know, a lot of more time, but I do have a few more questions if if you have it. Yeah. Work life balance. Are you pretty good with that or you still have some struggles with that? Um, I definitely have struggles with that uh because I think a lot of us sit in the same in the same boat where we have a job and then we try and put our our music outside of that and our fit that in nestle that into our lives and our daily lives which it gets pretty complicated um and i think everybody struggles with that and i think that the best way is to just kind of give yourself some give yourself some grace cut yourself some slack and your project might take a little longer than you want it to um that's perfectly all right also. Right, right. Um but making sure that you look at that long game and don't put it down. I've never thought of my music as like an extracurricular. I've it's always part of who I am. It's sewn into, you know, everything that I do. So, yeah. Just finding finding ways that you can do that and give yourself some time and cut yourself some slack. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And speaking of work-life balance, not only are you engineering, producing, uh, have your solo project, but you also have another band that you're part of. Why don't you talk a little bit about that as well? Sure. Uh, I play in a group called Lost Lakes. Uh, the It's kind of a, a double front sort of thing where uh, Corey Matthew Hart is the other songwriter and singer in the group. And he and I will do duo or small group or full band uh, we released a record in 2017 uh, that I recorded, and we had a guy out in uh, New York named Justin Gwip mix that. And uh, I'd look up his stuff; he's great. He um, he worked with Levon Helm for a, a number of years, and okay. a, a, just a great guy, great engineer. Runs a studio um, in upstate New York. Um, but that that project was a was a really great one uh, you know you can find that on spotify or wherever yeah um we're working on our follow-up to that and kind of file under the work-life balance where you know the pandemic hit and we're just kind of taking our time with it it's been uh now six years since we released that we're hoping to get that second record done this year but you know family and work and all of oh, that yeah. stuff just keep plugging away you know pick it up whenever you can I hear you i hear you yep it's it's difficult, you know, where to put, you know, your top priorities, what order, depending on the day that you want to put those in for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of the final questions I ask is gigs that made an impression on you, either as a musician on stage or an audience member, or maybe you have an experience uh, in both on stage and off. Sure. Lost Lakes, when we put out that first record, uh, we had kind of a an interesting plan we we actually filed a trademark with the u.s patent and trademark office okay. on the name lost lakes and um when i i don't actually remember why we did that okay. but 
in any event, there was a music festival that contacted us that uh, wanted to call itself the Lost Lake Music Festival. It was out in Phoenix, Arizona, and we owned the trademark that they needed in order to put on their festival. So we had negotiated with them to put us on the festival as well as another festival and fly us out there to be part of the festival. And it was an unbelievable experience um, where we got to play in this environment on these stages. And then, you know, that night you watching Huey Lewis or the roots or the, you know, the, the war on drugs or what, like, it was just a, an amazing experience as both a performer, but then just getting to be part of it, to see all of it. Yeah. Um, was really fascinating. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Has there ever been a band that you went and saw that made a big impression on you? Um, I mean, for sure. But as of late, I think that the the one that I keep on coming back to, I just mentioned, is the War on Drugs. Um, I went and saw them in Milwaukee just as I was getting through with cancer. Uh, just as I was finishing up my treatment, starting to starting to heal up, and I could go out places, I had to wear a mask at the show and everything. Um, it was just a phenomenal, like welcome back to music, and I would go see them anywhere. They're just a, a great, great band. Excellent, excellent. Um, earlier, I said we would end this with one more song off of um, your solo album. Which one would you like to put at the end here? Uh, let's put "Love and Heartache" at the okay. end. Um, that one's sort of my, uh, my love affair with the jangly guitar, um, and the, the ringing out that's the, I wrote this about a songwriter, uh, that I went and saw in Chicago tons of years ago. His name's David Mead and, uh, just a, another great artist to go down a rabbit hole with great voice, great production on every record he's done. But this song was, was written about him and kind of what my my relationship with his music has been. Maybe 
Is there anything I haven't asked you yet that you'd like to talk about? I don't think so. This has been a really nice conversation. Yeah, I would I would agree. This has been very awesome. I really appreciate you being on the show. It was a great learning all about you and everything that you're doing and, you know, everything that you're a part of in the Wisconsin music scene. Yeah, actually, I should say um, that the first time I heard of your podcast, um, my friend from Drivatron was on it and um, and I had mixed a song for him that he was releasing at the time too. So it was, it was cool that uh, that was my first introduction to your show. So I, oh. I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Great uh, to hear feedback. Yeah, for sure. I've subscribed now too. So, Oh, cool. Cool. Where can people find you? What are, what are your links? I'll put them in the description below, you know, in the show notes, but you know, verbally, where can they find you? Sure. Yeah. You can get me at uh paulmitch.com, two first names, um, or at uh, lost lakes music. Dot com. Those are my two places. I'm on Instagram and all the, the fun stuff there too. But. Gotcha. Gotcha. So listeners, go check out Paul's stuff. Go to Bandcamp. Um, pay, you know, buy the music. I mean, streaming, we don't get anything from streaming. It's pennies on hours and, you know, thousands of streams doesn't get you much of anything. So help out artists, go support them, buy their merch, and that includes their music to help them keep writing music and supporting themselves. So Paul, once again, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was a blast, and I hope we get to catch up and talk again very soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great. And there we have it. Another fantastic episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast has come to an end. A heartfelt thank you to Paul Mitch for sharing his incredible journey, insights, and passion for music with us today. Make sure to connect with Paul and explore his music using the links provided in the episode description. Thanks to Fox City's Indies Radio for playing these episodes every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central and Sunday at 3 p.m. Central. Keep in tune with our tagline, Amplifying Wisconsin Music, as we continue to bring you inspiring stories from the world of music in the Badger State. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your support helps us continue to amplify the vibrant sound of Wisconsin. Until next time, keep the music alive and keep exploring the dynamic music scene right here in Wisconsin.